If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 7 through 16. And again, uh, it's just an exciting mor morning. Uh, our new members that are joining and uh, the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas musical tonight. So in a great week ahead of us. Uh, so we are uh, so excited about all of that. 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Let us hear God's word. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning, we thank you for all the music and for all of the engagement, Lord, of just your presence in this place. Now, Lord, as we hear your word, may our hearts be open so that we will be challenged, changed, and never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are continuing and actually uh, toward the end of our series. Now, we'll be finishing up this Friday on Christmas Eve, so that will be the actual end of the series. But um, we are in this series called Rediscover Christmas. And we talked about how with all of the cultural and the political and the racial divides and then a pandemic just that has fed a lot of that and, 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 uh, and of course, caused grief and, and suffering in a lot of ways as well. If we ever needed Christmas, it is today. And we want to uh, rediscover those things that go along with the Christmas spirit so that we can fully have and fully walk in what God intends for us to walk in during this time. And so we uh, have been talking about Advent and what Advent is. Advent actually means coming or arrival. And uh, we are, of course, 
preparing ourselves and expecting and waiting for to celebrate the arrival of, of Jesus in, as a baby in the manger. But then also we are looking forward to and expecting the second coming of Jesus. And there are some days, you might be with me on this, there are some days that we are just like really saying, Lord, I, it's got to be time. It's got to be time, you know. But anyway, but we are looking with expectation to that blessed hope as well. And so we talked about Advent is about rediscovering hope. Hope is that that sees beyond the current circumstances and that helps us to carry on in tough times. Then we talked about rediscovering peace. And Pastor Kim talked about how peace is that in the midst of the storm. And then also that peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And then, of course, we looked at last week, joy. And we talked about how our lives should be bursting with joy, especially Christmas and Advent should be inspiring us to do that and that it's okay to be joyful. Remember, we're not baptized in lemon juice or vinegar. No, we're baptized in, in water and then in the Holy Spirit. And so we should be full of joy and that the joy of the Lord is our strength and that we can choose joy. And so it is now the fourth Sunday of Advent and we are talking about rediscovering love. Now, that word love is oftentimes used when talking about a certain feeling, talking about a certain emotion. Uh, many times, even that, that word love, I, I think we never really get to the depth of what that really means. That you know, And we've seen songs uh, before that, that talk about love and there's, all, there's uh, looking for love and all the wrong places. Y'all remember that's from uh, Urban Cowboy, John Travolta on a mechanical bull, you know. But anyway, um, if you haven't seen it, Watch it after Christmas. But anyway, the, uh, I mean, of course, there was uh, the, the song that, that remained number one for a long time on the old 99, uh, 90s, at nine, top nine at nine. And uh, whenever I was growing up, and I remember that, was uh, Def Leppard's Love Bites. How many of y'all remember that? Amen, amen, amen. And, and then, of course, there, were, there was Lenny Kravitz and Let Love Rule. And then if you go way back, if you go way back, you'll find the Beatles singing All, their, all You Need is love and, and things like that. But see, here's the thing. It's more, love is more than just a secondhand emotion. Y'all get that one? Amen? You know, it's more than that. It's more than that. Love really is something deeper, especially when we're talking about God's love. In fact, the New Testament came up with a brand new Greek word for the kind of love that Jesus has and that Jesus shows and that we can only have through him. And that love is agape. That is agape. That is an unconditional, unrelenting love, that the kind of love that God and the goodness that God has for us and that he calls us to have for others. And look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says it like this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I don't think it can get any plainer than that. Love is God. God is love. And whenever we, if we want to be a part of what God is doing, then we have to rediscover love. And I think there's no better time to rediscover that kind of love than today. And so let's look at uh, what does Christ coming, whenever he came as a baby in the manger, what does Christ coming tell us about love and its application? Number one is this, Christ is love embodied. 
It is love in body. God came to the world through Christ. He brought love fully to the world through Jesus Christ. That's what he came to do. That's who he came to be. And, and, and he brought love to us through that. And Christmas is when love came down. 1 John verse nine, uh, 4 verse 9 says it like this. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. See, so that we might live through him. The love of God was manifested fully to us through the world by Jesus Christ coming. Now, here's the thing. Christ's birth brought people together. It brought people together. Look at who all it brought together. It brought folks together. It was around the time it was in Bethlehem and there was a census going on and a Jewish carpenter comes and he is betrothed to a young, pregnant, young lady and, and they end up there. They end up in a, in a stable, in a barn because there's no room for them in the inn. And, and look at what the, who the birth brought. It. Well, it brought some animals together, obviously. Amen. So it couldn't have smelled very good in there. But then there were shepherds that came together, kind of the, oh, the, the, kind of the common folk that were out there on the hills and God revealed himself to the, him and through the heavenly host and they come together. And then eventually later, now they didn't show up, I know they're in our manger scenes, but actually the Magi didn't show up till later, but later, and they were already in a house at that time. But look, then there were Magi, it wasn't just the common folk. It, it was they, they were counselors or they were actually advisors to rulers and to kings and they were astrologers and they came together as well. Jesus was love embodied and his love should bring us together. Folks, if there's ever a time that we can get together even beyond our differences, it should be at Christmas time. Amen? That we can get together beyond all of that. Look, Jesus was all about that. Look at where he hung out. He, he, it was at a wedding feast. His first miracle was not healing somebody that was sick. It was turning water into wine at a wedding feast so that the party could go on. I mean, he was all about getting people together. Listen, he, it was, he hung out with sinners. He hung out with prostitutes. He hung out with tax collectors. In fact, oftentimes he got in trouble because of the folks that he was hanging around. And, and they were like, they could not believe that he was actually reaching out to people like that. And that's exactly what he was about. He was about unity. and He was about bringing us together with everybody. Not only is Christ is love embodied, but also we find out from his birth that love defines and propels us. Love defines and propels us. Look at Jesus. He comes into the world. He, he's, he's God manifested. He, he, he is love embodied. And what does he do during his ministry? He heals. He reconciles. And he eventually gives his own life on a cross as the most selfless act possible to do. And he did it for every one of us. Look, 1 John 4, 10 and 11 says this, This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Listen, his love for us 
should propel us to go and love each other. And that should be what defines the church. Listen, there's so many other things that have defined churches through the ages, and sometimes they haven't been that good. You look at the Crusades. That wasn't a very good time for the church and things like that. And there's been things that have defined, uh, defined who we are. But listen, the only thing that should be defining who we are is how we love. John 13, verse 34 and 35 says it like this. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Listen, I, I mean, we can see examples of where folks just really have an atmosphere of love. And in this church, I believe it has an atmosphere of love. I mean, another place you can find it is at Chick-fil-A. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Lord's chicken. Amen? I mean, you, you look at it. You can't say thank you without them saying my pleasure. And, and, and they're there to serve, and, and they're good to their employees, and they all have Sunday off and, and, and things like that. But folks, I'm here to tell you, the church should be doing it even better than Chick-fil-A. We should be showing love, and that's what should define us. Other things shouldn't define us. You know, I, I've heard a lot of Christians, you see them all the time. Oh, I'm this kind of Christian. I'm that kind of Christian. I'm a conservative Christian. Or I'm a progressive Christian. Or, or you know, I'm an evangelical Christian. Or I'm an ex-evangelical Christian. That's like the cool word now for folks that used to be evangelical or whatever, but they, you know, didn't like it, so now they're cool ex-evangelicals or whatever that's supposed to be. But anyway, listen, there should be nothing defining what kind of Christian we are except that we are a Christian. Amen? And if there's some word that we feel like we've got to put before it, then we have our priorities mixed up. We should be a Christian first before we are anything else. And that's who we're called to be and it should define who we are. Love defines and it propels us. And then last is this. Not only is Christ's love embodied, not only does love define and propel us, but also love empowers us to cross the borders. Now, this could mean in many ways to go and be missionaries. And I think that's, it's, it's got to be the love of Christ for those that are called to mission, uh, to mission work and to go and be missionaries. It's God's love, I believe, that propels folks to do that and to cross those borders. But I think even in a more practical way, in a very practical way, especially in the times that we are living in, there's some other borders that we need to cross. We are divided now more than any other time. But Jesus spent his ministry crossing the dividing lines, crossing the dividing borders. I mean, you know, look at what he did. I mean, you know, the, the Jews were not supposed to have any kind of dealings with Samaritans. You know what Jesus did? He took his disciples on a detour of a field trip through where? Samaria. That's exactly, that's where he met the woman at the well and he ministered to her and, and, and she went and preached the word of uh, the gospel after that and told everybody about this man that had told her all about her life and that was coming to be the Lord and the, that was coming to be the Savior of the world. Folks, Jesus was constantly crossing those borders. He, cro he constantly crossed the divides with sinners and with others that many folks didn't want to have anything to do with. 
He even crossed divides with folks that he didn't agree with. He, he crossed divides and he calls us to do the same thing. Look at, look at what Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44 says. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He didn't say it'd be easy. Didn't say you had to like it. But he says we have to love. And now we're in a world that everything divides us. I mean, everything's a division. You know, Republicans and Democrats, and there's lines that nobody wants to cross. There's racial divides. There's vaccinated and unvaccinated. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, I never did dream in a million years that a virus would somehow turn political. I mean, something that, that, that is just, I mean, that's medical, and it just got turned all political in every kind of way. And, and, and I, whichever side you're on on that, I mean, it's just, it's just a shame that all of that happened. And, 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 and I'll tell you, it was difficult navigating that as a church. I mean, we were, we were doing what health professionals asked us to do and all of that, and we were doing that. And there were some folks that mad about we won't going far enough. And then there were other folks that they were mad because we went too far, and, and it was masked and unmasked, and you didn't know where to put it on, pull it off, pull it on, pull it off. And all of that, and, and I mean, good gracious, it was like a yo-yo. But folks, we are called to cross those divide lines. And especially at Christmas, cross the divide line. At Christmas dinner, I know there's not going to be any dividing lines there, Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I know there's not going to be any dividing lines when Uncle So-and-so uh, shows up and brings it up. <laughs> or if, you know, you couldn't get, you couldn't get uh, plastic forks, and then somebody says, well, I know whose fault it is, and it's off on one of them ships out there off of California. <laughs> Folks, there's divides that we need to cross, especially if we love Jesus, especially with some folks that may make us feel uncomfortable. That's one of the hardest. I, I think that's a hard line, to, a hard dividing line to cross. That's a hard border to cross. I remember Danielle Strickland tells about, now she's a preacher and missionary in the Salvation Army. And she tells this story about going and being in uh, downtown East uh, Vancouver. And uh, East downtown Vancouver. And, and she, she's, her apartment's right on one of those kind of dividing lines between a very impoverished part. And she says, if you go out my front door, there's poverty everywhere. And she said, if there's a morning that I really feel like being Mother Teresa, I just go out the front door. And there's an opportunity somehow to help somebody. She said, now, if there's a morning that I really just don't have it in me to be like Mother Teresa that morning and all, she said, I go out the back door because right out my back door is a place called Gastown. And Gastown is this uh, nice, it's a nice area of shops and restaurants and everything and places where uh, the cruise ships come in and so it's safe and, and everything. And she said, and there's a really nice Starbucks there. 
And she said, one Saturday morning I got up and I just did not feel like being Mother Teresa. She said, so I went out the back door. I was just going to go spend some time at Starbucks, drink a latte, and read a book or something like that. She said, I got into Gastown, and lo and behold, there was on the corner right there at Gastown, there was this lady that I know. Her name is Annie. She said, Annie's an addict. Annie also uh, is very, has uh, mental illness and, and paranoid schizophrenia. And, and she said that Annie was out there and playing a guitar. She said she couldn't play a lick, couldn't sing a lick, but she was out there trying to get some you know, tips and all, just playing the guitar on the corner. She said, so I went over there to Annie and, uh, and said, hey, Annie. And she said, I was going to give her. She said, well, I'm not doing too good. In fact, I'm not making anything. You want to try it a few minutes? She was like, I don't know if I need to try that. Anyway, uh, Annie said, well, where are you going? She said, well, I'm going over to Starbucks and going to get me a latte. And do you, do you want to come with me? And Annie said, I thought you would never ask. And so her and Annie start to the Starbucks. And right outside of the Starbucks... Gastown had hired its own security force, you know, just kind of keep people safe and that kind of thing. Well, there was a fella there, and he, he was coming off a high, and his name was Dave, and he was giving the security a fit, and they were kind of going back and forth and everything, and Annie knew Dave and runs over there to Dave and gives Dave, says, Dave, I love you. And she gives him this big old ugly kiss. I mean, Danielle Strickland said that thing was one of them sloppy kisses, tongue going I mean, I, she said it was just nasty and, and all. And, and so if I, and the security were like, whoa, 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 you know, get a room. No, no. Anyway, they, uh, but, but, you know, and so they're, they're like not sure what to do. And Annie says, Dave, I have great news. And he says, what's that? She says, Danielle's taking us to Starbucks. So Danielle Strickland and Annie and Dave go to Starbucks and order lattes. And she said, you know what? That day, she said, something happened. She said, I really got to know Annie and Dave for the first time. Right there in that Starbucks, right there over lattes, she said, I really got to see who they were what they had dealt with, what they had lived with, how they grew up. And she said, I never would have known them in that way had I not sat down with them at the Starbucks that day. Folks, she crossed that dividing line. And folks, I don't know who it is that you need to cross the dividing line with or for this Christmas, but you know what? I guarantee you God's putting somebody there. Maybe it's somebody you don't agree with. Maybe it's somebody that makes you mad every time you see them make a post on Facebook and all of a sudden you see them in the store. Maybe it's somebody that, maybe it's somebody at that Christmas dinner that you're just, you can't, you just, oh, please don't let them bring it up. Maybe it's somebody you need to forgive from years ago. Maybe it's somebody that makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's somebody at work that you really know is hurting. And they just need somebody to reach out. Folks, that's the kind of love that Jesus wants us to have and has called us to have. Look, let's embody the love of Christ and share it with others this Christmas so that we rediscover what God's love is all about. Let's pray together.
Lord, we thank you and we love you. And this morning in this place, maybe there's somebody here that's never received that love that was spoke about this morning. Maybe there's somebody here that simply just needs to open our hearts. Maybe somebody that needs to say, Lord, come in. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you. Lord, if that's anybody here this morning and they just want to say yes to you, Lord, we pray that right now in their heart of hearts they will say yes. And Lord, we pray right now, God, that you will be the one that helps us to love and that helps us embody that love that you came to give. And that began with that baby in a manger. In Jesus' name, amen.